edition of picking and putting we're going to be talking about eddie van halen and tiger woods so welcome to liberty bill from chicago sports south studios and dr z here coming from the picking and putting corporate attic trying to look a little bit like the like the uh the man but i don't know that i'm pulling it off so I think yeah I'm you did it. you pulled it off i'm sorry oh, good good <laughs> yeah. <We> did. <laughs> well where do you want to start Let's start with Little Van Halen. Okay, Little Van Halen. This is really cool stuff. Now, you know, for all you people out there, forever linked Kobe and Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen was born in, uh, in uh, the Netherlands in 1955 on January 26th, which was just oh, really? this week. So happy birthday to Eddie and uh, his wife of 20 to 30 years or 20-something years, Valerie Bertinelli. But uh, the cool thing about them was they started this band back in the city, 60s, in Pasadena, California, okay? And here's the best part. You're going to love the name of their band, okay? So they started out, and the original name of their band was, uh, golly, I got it here. It's crazy. Uh, oh, well, their first break, it was Broken Combs, <laughs> 1964. But even better than that, they... Uh, Oh, golly, Neds, I can't believe I lost this because I, oh, yeah, you're going to like this. So then they decided they got going in 72 and really became a band. So they changed their name to the Trojan Rubber Company. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I guess they had to change that for probably uh, who knows what business. Once they, once they signed a record deal, they had to change that. Well, then they, then they changed their name in, to Genesis. Well, they couldn't use that because there was a group in Great Britain who we know about. Yeah, and Phil Collins of the boys. Yeah, Phil Collins would have been off on that. Then they changed it to Mammoth, and eventually they said, ah, the hell with this. Let's just call ourselves what we are because they were the brothers Van Halen, Alex and, and uh, Eddie. So they, they changed it to the Van Halens. But the other cool part was, it's always a story, is that they were discovered by who other than Gene Simmons. Really? Yep. And it was Gene Simmons. He says, I don't take as much credit for as I, sh as I people give me, but he was at a, a place in Hollywood, a discotheque called the, uh, the, the, uh, golly. God, ah, doesn't matter. Anyways, it was, uh, he had a company called man of a thousand faces and he was up in the, in the second floor looking down on the stage. And he heard these just wonderful guitar riffs. And he looked down and he saw this guy with no clothes on. Well, that was David Lee Roth, I think, the singer. And so he says, and he said, I was up on the sex floor. <laughs> That's what he called it. Oh, uh, sure. But anyways, he went down and he had a company called Man of a Thousand Faces. And he, he, he signed them and he did their original demo. And he went to his agent and he said, these guys are going to be big. And the guy says, when uh, me, me, he, he, he was he, Gene Simmons, you, you know, Gene Simmons is cool to hear him talk. 
And he goes, yeah, well, okay. So he had their, their original 24 track demo and he went back to them and said, okay, guys, look, he's not going to do that. I'll tear up the contract. You take your demo and you're, you own yourselves and, and don't let anybody tell you they're going to buy you or do anything for you. And with that, they went off and made their original uh, songs. And the deal was their demo sessions. Here's another interesting tip. Their demo sessions were done at the Jimi Hendrix studios. I mean, these are just, these facts just. They were set up for success. Set up for success. And he did a song with them that you can look up on the internet, all you folks out there. It's called House of Pain. And it was never it was never released, and it was done in coordination with uh, with Ki well with Kiss, but not really. But they did the they did the the uh, uh, production of that, and they never released it. And so that was his tie into them. But their their story their story is is interesting. I mean, their uh, Eddie started playing the guitar because his brother Alex. Uh, Eddie had got drums and his brother kept playing the damn drums and taking them away with him while, while he was out doing paper roots to pay for his drums. So finally he said, well, you do the drums and I'll buy a guitar. <laughs> and, isn't that great? I think of brothers. I, he goes, yeah, okay. Okay. I'll buy, I'll buy a guitar and that. Um, well, they are tied into Tiger Woods or Tiger's favorite group, you know, going along in that. They got into the Hall of Fame in 2007. Uh, Jump was their biggest hit. They're the number seven of 100 rock bands of all time. Yeah. They, they sold, uh, I think it was like 60 million records in the United States and 80 to 90 million records worldwide. That was when, when I looked this up. So who knows what they've done now. And what I like about them compared to some of those other rock bands in the 80s, it's Van Halen, right? They're known for the guitars. They're not known for the lead singer. In fact, they were still a popular band when Sammy Hagar stepped in. And if yeah, you think well, about their, their influence, yeah, like they're the only band of that time that really still holds up. And their guitar riffs, I'm not a fan of heavy metal like Metallica and all that stuff, but they really set the stage for that whole heavy metal scene. Well, and, and yeah, you're right, Sammy Hager, and then they had another guy who's uh, Gary Cherneau or something. They, they oh, went really? They had another one? Yeah, and then I think they came back to David Lee Roth, you know, after 2000 sometime. But yeah, the, the deal with that is always interesting to me in my ilk, because I grew up with that. Led Zeppelin, Creamed, Israeli Gears, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's interesting to see this generation and your generation coming back and, and really enjoying the true guys that were the gods of rock and roll so. yeah the good the stuff that really holds up yeah i mean you know we went through the silver balls rotating in the 80s and taking disco lessons and then we had electronic in the 90s and rap now and to me i always go back i'm interested when you know your own brother-in-law goes back and wants to listen to led zeppelin you know he'd rather play stairway to heaven than anything else so i i i find them just fun and and their whole stage presence was um that was what they loved to do. They loved to be on stage and, you know, just, it was full of energy, you know. Oh yeah, flying yeah. around. Yeah, flying All around. fire and the pyro. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool. Anyways, I got I got more on Betty Van Halen's. I could go on forever because I really enjoyed looking them up. And uh, uh, from a medical standpoint, 
I don't know what he died from, and that's really not any of my personal business, even as a physician, but he was diagnosed in 2001. So whatever he had was something that was dealt with for a long time, hmm. I mean, 20 years. So he obviously did very well with it. And he was a young, he died, he was 66. So um, or he's going to be 66 this week. So he's 65, technically. So anyways, what do you got about Tiger and tie into Van Halen? Well, we know Tiger used to listen to Van Halen while he was warming up, trying to get fired up. And I recently watched the HBO two-part documentary on Tiger. Oh, I did. As you know, and for the audience out there, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I've followed sports very closely my whole life, but I haven't really followed golf as closely until the last couple of years. So for me, a lot of that information was actually kind of new for someone like you. I don't know for the that three hours what you're going to really learn, but I thought it was really interesting how much pressure he had on him from his father, uh, specifically when Tiger was named Amateur of the Year at that speech. His father, Earl Wood, said, not only is Tiger going to be the greatest golfer in the history of the game, he's also going to fix race relations for the entire world. And just to think about the, the expectations of a 16-year-old. Yeah. And to see Tiger then, and they showed some videos of him as a kid where he was, you know, truly happy and truly Tiger and just being a kid and interviewed some people finding out what he was like before he kind of turned into this robot. And then to see the redemption and the way they documented it, that was my favorite part of the documentary was him coming back, winning the Masters, and he just seemed so much more comfortable with himself. And now my question for you, having followed his legacy this entire time, obviously watched a ton of golf, watched a lot of Tiger play golf, and also with your medical background, you know, a lot of people have these hot takes about what's Tiger's future going to look like? Is he going to even play on the Champions Tour? And I would be curious where you think he's going and what you think Tiger's legacy will look like. Well, I, uh, well I'll answer that question very quickly. Just let me say one aside. Yeah, he started at the age of two he had, he had him on the Michael du Mike Douglas show, which was like any of the talk shows. As a two-year-old, he, he, he grew, groomed him from the time he was born. He was going to, and more than that, it was a psychological. Oh, yeah. You I, know, they showed in the documentary, they showed videos of Tiger as a baby watching Earl hit balls into the net. And apparently Tiger would only take a bottle while he was watching his father hit balls into a net. net. Well, I think, I think. To go back to your question, I think the deal is uh, a few. I think, yes, the fact that he came back, um, you know, he, he's one of these childhood athletes and people that to some degree had their youth stolen from them. He loved it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. he still loved He, But, you know, I can think of Christy Yamaguchi or you name it, ice skaters, Serena Williams and Venus, you know, that they were raised from the time they were to be what they are. And so he grew into that and then he kind of got so high on the cliff he fell off. Well, to answer your question, yeah, I think coming back and winning the Masters was redemption, maybe even greater than winning the Open on a broken leg, but, but uh, over Rocco Mediate. But he, he, uh, I think now is in a great place. He, he loves his kids. And what he sees, what I see him doing with his own son is he's raising him the way he wanted to be raised. And he understands that 
he may not be a professional golfer and he may never achieve. I mean, Nicholas kids all wanted to try it. I mean, it's, it's, it's what it is. All these kids try it, but it's hard to achieve what dad, it's like Lee Trevino. He came from nothing. Well, his kid didn't come from nothing. So it's, it's a harder goal to say, oh yeah, I want all those things. Well, he's already got all those things. So that being said, uh, I don't see Tiger playing the senior tour except if he thinks it's fun. And then he may play like the senior open, uh, the majors, you know, that they have and stuff. And, you know, he'll be one of those guys that comes along and still competes in the regular tour in his fifties, if he can, in terms of his back and all these operations, I will tell you that I used to say with back surgery, and this is just me and all my orthopedic and neurosurgical friends can yell at me. <laughs> when, people, when people used to ask me as a surgeon, what did I think about back surgery? And I used to say, well, understand that if you have chronic back pain, you never had back surgery, then a third of you will get better. A third of you will stay the same. And a third of you will get worse. So that gives you a, a 66% chance of staying the same or improvement. Well, those aren't really great odds. Now the odds are different. If you if suddenly you hurt your back and you have numbness and you have an acute disc, you do great. But when you get operated on for chronic events, not so good. Now Tiger's had, I think, five. Now this, this last operation he had was what they call a microdiscectomy, I think, where he had a disc and they remove it through a small incision. And I had that and the recovery, you do great. And the pain's instantaneously gone. And I think that's what Tiger did. The only problem is for Tiger, when I hear these guys talk and say, well, he had this, I guess, right after Christmas. We didn't know that. I heard uh, Nota Begay say that, who's his best buddy. And when I had it done, uh, my neurosurgeon knew I was an avid golfer and said, well, I don't want you doing anything, even swinging the club for eight weeks. And then we'll wait 12 weeks. So I had the surgery the 1st of June. I didn't go back to golf at all until November. So when you talk about Tiger being pro tour ready to play in the masters, I know he wants to be there and he's technically defending champion from 19, you know, um, I, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. And if he does great, you know, cause he's got state of the art physical therapy and everything else. You know, I don't have that here in the corporate studios, you know, so I got Advil, you know, that's about it. Well, I, I, wanted, think, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, going back to how much golf he practiced way back as a kid, you know, these back issues first popped up in an interview with Larry King when he was like 22 years old, right. where he said he was having these back issues. So isn't the takeaway here, really medical advice and otherwise don't put your kid in one sport 12 months a year and have them just work those muscles over and over for their entire life. Like let them participate in multiple sports and work different muscles and gain different experiences. Oh, for sure. And, and I would say my, my life lesson for raising four kids and, and my dad told me was let them play everything. I mean, ice hockey, you know, basketball, football, what, you know, although mother and dad, you know, who knows, yeah. but every sport they want to play. I got to cross that bridge in a few years. Yeah. But when you're, when you're 12, when you get to be about seventh grade, 
the kid will choose what he wants to do and then you back them. But I don't think this thing of having uh, all soccer 12 months a year at nine years old is, I just don't think it's a good thing. I think it's better to enjoy solo sports, team sports and all that kind of thing. So you're telling me it's not a good idea if my son is a quarterback prospect to spend $20,000 a year throughout his high school to try to get a college scholarship to try to get in the NFL. Cause that's what's happening. If you want to be like an elite quarterback, these parents are paying like 15 to $20,000 a year for okay, this year well, round training. Well, here's the BS to that. And I'll, I'll give you one sport and you know what better than anybody it's baseball. Now baseball's on a downward trend because they've lost this generation, but the generation they do have, they've been, Hey man, I mean, it's, they teach them to throw as hard as they can, because like you said, so when you've got 16 year olds having Tommy John surgery, that's crazy. Yep. Tommy John surgery was meant for Tommy John when you were 34. It wasn't meant for a 16 year old kid. Who's not even gotten to try what he wants to do. So I don't agree with that. I think, I think the thing about tiger was he, he brought athleticism, he brought training, he brought diet, he brought all those things to the table for professional golf. And Bryson is the next level of taking that along with everybody else. But Bryson scares me in that I just feel like he's setting himself up for a major back injury. And you know, I know he's in great shape and I know he does all those things, but there's a level of risk there that he's taking. He's in his 20s, but once he approaches 30, I mean, that's not an old person by any means, but that's a big risk. Yep. And, and I, I just, I throw out a little, because I used to say the only thing that would keep Tiger from Jack was health or personal. <laughs> he nailed them both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He nailed them both. And, and, and in that regard, look at the athletes now. I think when people will talk about a Jordan Spieth or they'll talk about, well, why hadn't Rory won another major in a few years and, and this? Well, there's Fowler and it's a list. Well, there's many things. One, they achieve so much wealth so early now on the tour. You know, you come in 10th place, you get $100,000. Well, that's, that's different. But also those guys in particular, they have, start to have a family. They have kids. They want to be home with their family. So it really, and so traveling and staying at, at the Ritz-Carlton in Hawaii when your family's in Maine, eh, well, it sounds cool when you're 22, it is, but when you're 28 and got a kid or a wife or, and she, you know, it loses its, its. Uh, uh, and there's more young guys coming up that can compete. So it's harder to sustain the success, even everything else being equal. Well, when you see the guys out here now, like Matthew Wolf or Victor Hovland or all these guys who they asked, oh, the best one is they asked Colin Marikawa, are you going to watch that Tiger special? He said, there's nothing there that I want to see. I grew up, he was my hero and he is my hero and I've gotten to play with him. And if I want to know him, I'll talk to him and I don't want to go watch a TV spectacle about criticizing him for the way he grew up so i thought very insightful kid heads up to colin i like i will i will say the documentary wasn't critical i thought it was fair my only complaint with the documentary would be they had someone from the national Enquirer on 
And I just think we should all strive to do better. Now, granted, that's the person who broke the original story of the affair and all that. But still, I think we should strive. If we're going to do a documentary, we can do better than the National Enquirer. Yeah, the National Enquirer was only interested in this kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and... Yeah. But that for you folks on only listening to us on uh, uh, podcast uh, uh, audio, I was just demonstrating a broken clock. So. By the way, I have a shout out today. Yeah, okay. I know you usually have the shout outs, but I'm going to steal your thunder first here. I love it. Sarah Goodrum, Milwaukee Brewers. She yep. is the first female to be in charge of the hitting development of the minor league organization for the Milwaukee Brewers. So shout out to Sarah, a trailblazer. Hey, yeah, and shout out to women in sports. Two women just uh, refereed the uh, Orlando Charlotte Hornets basketball game. And a young lady uh, um, was promoted to a full-time assistant coach with the Washington Football Club. Yep, started right here in Carolina. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I hope to see that keep progressing and – um, that's a good thing. So more shout out. Well, it's been a great show. We're going to, we're going to bring in future. We're going to continue to bring in guests. We've got some lined up. We're going to bring in Mike Lynn and stick from Memphis and Andy some people Wilson. with some actual talent on the yeah, show. Yeah. Andy nice. Wilson from, uh, uh, Nashville and maybe Tom Edwards from Illinois. We're gonna bring on all these musical guests. And so we're gonna have more fun as the year goes on. We're gonna evolve and develop and we'll look forward to having you all along. We hope you listen to us on all of the platforms. We hope you see us on on uh, YouTube uh, and uh, ring the bell and sign up and all that stuff. And uh, Bill also uh, promote the uh, golf shop show. Yes, Golf Shop Show, golfshopshow.com. Find us all over the Carolinas, podcast, iTunes, all that fun stuff. We got Jason Sobel on this week from the Action Network. That'll be fun. Well, look, well, that's tomorrow. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Okay, so anywhere, anybody in the nation, you can ex- access us on those radio apps that allow you to listen to a radio station anywhere in the world. So I forget what that's called. What is that called? Tune in. Tune in, yeah. Or tune ESPN app. Yeah, or ESPN app. Either one. We'll look forward to seeing you all next week. We enjoy the discussion today, and we'll come up with another musical story for all you folks out there, along with golf. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. Thanks for being here. See you, Bill. I'm going to go listen to some Van Halen. There you go. I'm all off for it. Okay, <laughs> later, man. Yeah, that was good. Take care. Yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs>